one. Hello, everyone. This is Gregory Proctor, and this is another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 11, Unconventional Path. So today we have a very special guest, a true dear friend of mine who I met through LinkedIn. For all of you that say LinkedIn doesn't work, um, I have to veto that because actually it pretty it pretty much does. It, it works in a lot of different ways, whether it's uh, in business, meeting acquaintances, trying to do a network connection with someone, meet and greet. I mean, it works in a lot of different aspects. And so today we're going to talk about unconventional path. Just basically to kind of preface it, the conversation for everybody, we're going to provide kind of a definition. The definition of unconventional path is multifaceted career that doesn't lack a reflection of focus, which is quite contrary. Success is not only linear, but you must take charge of your career your own differences, and cultivate the habits that you will allow for yourself to succeed in any environment. So as I introduce our special guest today, Miss Bailey, Bailey, I tell you, is, is, oh my God, full of energy. She's, she's very enthusiastic. She's a self-starter, very much mission-driven, just has a fierce performance record in demonstrating excellence in an array of industries and leadership. Proven ability to perform and adapt in unstable, high-stake environments. She excels in applying systematic engineering approaches in all tasks. She thrives and directs sales to clients and customers of all competency levels. She's also a business owner. She's a financial advisor. She's a system design engineer. She's worked as a platform manager, worked as a project manager, an automation engineer. And most importantly, one of the things here, which Bailey, before I let you talk, you know, I see that you know, in the past, you were on a D1 swim team of the Big East Conference, and I admire that. My, my kids, when they were little, uh, they were on swim teams, and I remember going to the meets and just enjoying watching them and all of the excitement and energy for cheering on to your kids. And so before I get you started, Bailey, before I give you the mic to open up your remarks, one question that I have is, who's faster, you or Michael Phelps? <laughs> <laughs> I get that question so frequently. Uh, no, he's he's still the uh, the goat of the swimming world, the greatest of all time. So we're going to leave that window to, to Michael. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So one last point there. Uh, Bailey also holds a Bachelor's of Science in Electrical Engineer from the University of Cincinnati College of Engineering. And without that, or excuse me, with that being said, you know, Bailey, any opening remarks for our, for our audience? Of course. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me and inviting me to be a part of this conversation today. Um, I have to say that when we first connected on LinkedIn, I definitely didn't think that this is where our networking relationship would build to, but it's pretty exciting. And and I'm really excited to just speak on this um, topic. And my biggest hope today is that there's going to be some nuggets of lessons learned the hard way that I've had that someone else out there can take away from this. And um, it's kind of ironic because when you first pitched this idea to me, I just remember thinking, um, well, yeah, I've definitely had a really unconventional career path, but I'd you know, love to speak on this more if I actually had a job right now. <laughs> right, right, in, right. In the interim, I actually have locked down my next position, which took me into another career change yet again. So um, the party hasn't stopped 
just yet. And all of these topics that we're going to talk through today are very front of mind for me. And um, I hope everyone out there will understand that these are tips and tricks that I have lived by and staked my career on, whether we're in a time of uh, recession and COVID, smooth sailing, whatever it is. So hopefully there'll be some good nuggets to take away from today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, one other point I just like to kind of uh, emphasize to our to our audience is, you know, outside of your ambition and your and your professionalism, you know, you have very strong beliefs in you know integrity, education, and progress. Which you know, those things are all commendable, you know, in themselves, and it speaks very highly of of who you are. And so, let's just jump right in. Are you ready to jump right in? I'm ready to jump right in. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, cool, cool. Excellent. So Bailey, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about you and and kind of how your career diversified into basically what I consider to be an unconventional path? You know, a little bit about the history. Let's talk a little bit about your history. And when did you first start to realize that your career was a zigzag? I mean, because there's a lot of people out there that can relate to uh, careers being uh, somewhat zigzag. Right, right. No, this is such a great question. Um, you know, God bless me at 16 years old. I had a mission statement already. I don't know where it came from. I don't know who really helped me craft it. But when I was 16 years old, um, I was just on the cusp of the last recession and seeing my friend's parents um, lose their jobs, that type of deal, wondering why my parents didn't lose their jobs, but also trying to kind of pick a major for college. And so I I landed on engineering at the time, uh, computer engineering, and I said that I wanted to invent the technology used in smart homes to help disabled and elderly people live independently. And there's a lot in that statement, right? Like wholly ambitious for a 16 year old thinking that they're going to go out and change the world in that very niche specific way. And honestly, all that mission statement did was start to help me understand what mattered to me in my career, as well as it was a, um, a guiding goal that I was chasing when things did get really hard in college. Mm-hmm. So to this day, I've never worked on a smart home. I've n- I don't even have a single networked device in my own home except for TVs. Right. I don't, I don't, uh, excuse me. I don't own a nest or an Alexa or any of those things. Um, so I think it became really evident to me that my career was going to take a zigzag when those weren't the jobs that I were, I was pursuing in or after college. Mm -hmm. So up until this point, I have worked in, I did my internship in utilities. I did a stint of consulting in oil and gas after college. I landed up in industrial automation for the bulk of my engineering career, transitioned to financial advising, and will now be transitioning into um, software engineering sales. So taking yet another zigzag, right? Um, And I think it became very, very evident looking for that first job out of college when I had... um, experience in the utility industry. My degree was focused on microelectronics and then I had started in consulting in oil and gas and I was attempting to go back to microelectronics and it just wasn't happening. I was already getting, really meeting that first stage of resistance of the first battle that, uh, that I really had to overcome in my career. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's that's rather interesting because, uh, you know, most kids at the age of uh, at the age of 16, sometimes uh, they don't have such a, uh, an ambitious goal to be able to uh, to charter out and, and, and develop something kind of uh, as ambitious as, as what you were thinking. And I think, you know, probably if you would have gotten started back then, who knows, we could be looking at, uh, you know, ring device developed by Bailey. I mean, you know, you never you never really know. Right. So, so we certainly appreciate you explaining to us a little bit about the history and uh, and how things kind of uh, diverted off and went into very much a zigzag pattern. So could you also explain to us with regards to, say, the challenges and the obstacles that you kind of went through? Because like you said, you know, you start out in microelectronics. That's one of the things that you and I have in common is I have a very lengthy career in microelectronics, probably over spanning over 14, 15 years with with multiple patents and and I know like you said when you came into the industry at the time that the microelectronics industry was on a downturn and uh, things were not economically really viable during that time it was a pretty tough market to get into so what were some of the challenges and obstacles that you faced yeah uh, these are such a great question again um, I think there were really two main obstacles that I really faced when I boil everything down to as simple as possible. One was getting kicked before I even got up because I didn't have a resume that had a one-to-one fit with the job roles I was chasing after. And then the second problem being that um, I was so early on in my career when I was really first starting to tackle these career changes where I didn't have the one-to-one fit, I also didn't know my strengths yet. on a on a professional level I was definitely a goal chaser you can always put you know very very organized time oriented goal oriented uh you know great people skills you can put all those things on a resume but I truly didn't know at my core what those professional strengths were yet because they just simply hadn't been developed Mm -hmm. and at that time I was also going through um, a huge identity crisis I'd swam not only just in college but for 17 years competitively and I went cold turkey after that when I retired um, and finished up my college career so not having that as a founding piece of my identity present in my life anymore and trying to take those strengths that I had developed in the pool, translate them to a professional environment. Uh, I just had no idea what my career mission was going to be, which meant that I couldn't articulate a vision for my life. And it was just, um, you know, a very gray clouded area at the time. Right, right, right. Yeah, and and that's so relatable. Um, you know, like you said, you know, even even starting out being so competitive uh, in one field or one uh, industry of, of expertise, and then trying to transcend into something else, it, it really is a struggle. And that's another common you know uh, similarity that that we have. You know, for me, um, I ended up starting out in the military. And left the military and went into the semiconductor industry. Of course, there were some skill sets that I was able to transfer over. Uh, but then, you know, going into the semiconductor industry, it's it's totally different. You know, the geometries, the sizes, the electronics is so advanced, and so it was a little bit of a of a of a rub. And then, of course, stepping away from the semiconductor industry, becoming an entrepreneur, and starting up, you know, my own company uh, back in I don't know 2004, and trying to make that transition, and then saying, hey, take all these skills that you've learned and 
now apply them into business. Well, business has its own different fallacies of things and disciplines that you have to know in order to be successful in business. And so it's totally relatable. You know, you coming out of the pool and trying to uh, jump into uh, semiconductor and then jump into engineering and then jump into all these things and understanding, you know, within yourself, you know, what are those core, like you said, you know, those core values, those core principles, you know, like, you know, I remember taking from the military for me, it was like almost like, okay, what am I going to be able to bring forward? Am I going to be able to bring forth my punctuality, my ability to, to be resilient, my ability to learn, my thirst for, for, for knowledge and, 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 and ultimately step up to the, to the plate for being challenged. So when you started to take ownership, what were some of those things that you kind of personally took ownership for? Oh, so many things. Um, I think it can be, I I think the first time that someone was like, you have to own your career. I was like panicking, right? I was like, what am I going to own about? I don't know these career paths. And even if I am at a company, I don't know all these other areas of it. Um, And, you know, it was was really felt like a very sinking feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to own things that you already know you do well. Ironically enough, I had a Spanish teacher in the eighth grade and first time trying to learn a new language, right? And that's a huge um, or that's a huge learning curve to tackle at any age. Right. Uh, and I remember she used to say, just start with what you know, start with what you know and go from there. Right. And for some reason that stuck with me this entire, my whole life. Right. Um, and you really do have to, you have to, you do do something well, everyone does something well. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think I really had to own my preparedness, my goal chasing. Those are, those are things that no one could take away from me. Even if I wasn't getting through, um, the door as frequently as I wanted to with like an online resume submittal, once I did get through the door, I had to be that much more prepared. I had to be that much more on my P's and my Q's, I's dotted, T's crossed, whether I was attempting just to go to a career fair and impress people who had no idea who I was or what I was trying to do, or if I was trying to walk into an interview and convince people to hire me that were just meeting me for the first time. So there's so many things about owning your career um, that we could we could really elaborate this out to. But just having this mentality of like, take a beat to think about how can I win on a resume? How can I win on a cover letter? How can I win in person at a career fair? How can I win in person in an interview? And even just like, don't overcomplicate it. Um, At the end of the day, you know, I've had friends who in an interview, they wear a uh, different colored suit. I had a friend who was doing grad school interviews and she wore a red suit the whole time just to make herself stand out just a little bit more. Um, At a career fair, I would have already pre-researched all of the companies that I was interested in, looked on their webpage to see what uh, positions were available. And by the time I approached them at the career fair, I would say, hey, like, what are you doing at at a, you know, recent grad college fair? I see you guys have a position and you want someone who has six to eight years experience already. What are you doing here? And ironically enough, that got me my first job out of college. Right, right, <laughs> That's the right. thing. Or um, I've even made a business card before, even as a, a recent graduate, I put my face on one side of it. And then on the other side, I put my credentials and my contact information. I said, you know, I know it's a long day for y'all. Um, 
here's my business card. It has my face on it. So you can't forget me. And it's just those little, little touches that take your career in a totally different direction that someone's just waiting for basically. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. I, I I totally agree with you. I mean, certainly, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm writing down some notes here because I mean, it's it's rather ironic that you thought of putting your face on your business card and and basically your credentials on the other side, and that way, certainly, like you said, if somebody picks up your business card, they'll know what you look like, they'll know what your credentials all about, and if they're looking for that particular resource or skill set, then uh, you know, it's it's all covered in a three by five or three by four size card. Pretty innovative there, Bailey. Pretty innovative. <laughs> well, well, certainly, uh, you know, the next question I have here is, you know, it, it talks about maintaining focus and perspective. And certainly, you, you know, you, you've shared with us about the challenges and the obstacles that you've had. But, you know, when you talk about maintaining focus and perspective, as you've alluded to, how do you kind of keep that focus intact when things seem so far away? I mean, how, how do you how do you ensure yourself that you know you're going to keep charging forward? You know, and I know you from being so fierce. I mean, like when when you approached me the first time and we were talking, it was just like it was like a it was like a bulldog, man. It was like a shockwave. You know, it's like I I felt that like, and I didn't even I didn't even have any type of you know, physical interaction, you know, as far as person to person with you, it was just, it was just all through, you know, media stream and dialogue. And I was just like, Whoa, who is this? Who is this lady? You know, but, uh, but yeah, so, so how, how do you, how do you maintain that focus? How do you maintain that perspective? I mean, when things are so far, sometimes it seems like they're out of your reach. You know, what are some of the tidbits that, that you've done to try to keep them into perspective? Well, I think it'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the uh, mental strain that it can put on someone when you are going through this process and just feeling like you're constantly getting beat down, right? Um, just the the disservice that it does to your own mental health. Job searching, make no mistake, is a full-time job, whether you have a full-time job or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, job searching while you have a job is way easier, I'll tell you that much. I've been in both situations way less stressful, but um, you have to be very aware of the toll, the mental toll that's taking on you at those times, right? Especially, you know, I've been in a situation before where my resume is getting just continuously kicked back by career portals when I spend all this time trying to match my crack crack a code for my resume to match this job role that I am, you know, qualified for, but again, don't have that one for one fit. And then I'm also having networking conversations with people at the company telling me, yeah, you'd be a great fit, you know, we'll definitely try to get you in here, but it's just very conflicting opinions, right? So how do you stay present through all of that? And, you know, one of the big things I've learned about my own mental health, whether things are going well or not, is that I really do thrive on even a minimal level of routine. As a whole, routine diffuses anxiety. Yeah. And just having that like baseline in your day that you know is going to be there, it's something that's just um, gives you that reassurance or that security that you might not be feeling in your professional life. So mm-hmm. what do I mean by that? Like, even if you um, always go for a walk at 7 p.m., if you always 
pour yourself a cup of relaxing tea before bed, if you um, sleep with a gravity blanket, those types Mm -hmm. of little things, always getting your workouts in no matter what, whatever is going to make you feel calmer and have, you know, be diffusing of that nervous energy and that uncertainty, I think is really, really, really key, whether you're in the job search or not, because it's very easy for you to feel like if you're not getting your financial needs met or your career fulfillment needs met, it's very easy to just feel like the world is crumbling around you. So there are times where you really just have to cut yourself some slack and focus on what you are doing well so you just don't feel swallowed by the entire process. And I'm also a very visual person, so I always try to put I always try to write my goals down on index cards and then put them in my bathroom mirror, um, just hang them up with some scotch tape because I do want to see them front of mind every day. And I will say throughout this whole COVID thing, I actually had a whole list of goals. My mirror was almost covered in cards at the start of the year, and I ended up stripping it all the way down, and I just put up one quote, and all it says on this card is, I am more resilient today than I have ever been. And that is true every day when I think about everything I've been through and whatnot. So um, I think that's really helped pull me through some of these times of just severe uncertainty or limbo in general. Yeah. Yeah. Very well stated. Very well stated. I mean, you know, honestly, it's it's so hard, you know, even without this crisis. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about COVID and the pandemic, but it is so hard, like you stated, you know, when you're looking for a job, when you're trying to network, when you're trying to, you know, get ahead. And then, of course, you know, I think for our listening audience, just so that they're aware, you made a transition. You know, you moved from the north part of the country to the south part of the country. And, uh, you know, that's even hard too. trying to get into the, get into the groove of what's your new surroundings and your new geographical uh, environment uh, has to offer and who are the players and all those things. So so t- so totally. I mean, it's it's like like you stated, it's hard to be your own advocate. You've got to find that inner strength to kind of, you know, help you through. And, and those are all great, great points that that you've mentioned um, there. So. You know, with with everything that we've kind of talked about, you know, regarding this unconventional path and and kind of this zigzag that that you've gone through, I almost look at it. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I feel like the yin and you're the yang. You know, I mean, it's it's been it's been rather it's been rather fun kind of talking with you. So, you know, what what are the what are your passions? You know, I mean, what are the things that you're currently paying attention to now? to kind of help narrow the focus and help kind of put you in a humbling place so that you know where your future trajectory is going to carry you? Mm, what a good question. Um, I would say that I've, I've invested a significant amount of time really hammering into my mission statement mm-hmm. for my career and making sure that it can be present in a lot of different careers or roles, um, but that I really understand what it is that I'm looking for because you're not going to get like, if if you're, you don't want to just leave it up to a recruiter to tell you, um, what you're looking for in a role, right? You want to be able to articulate that because if you can't articulate what your mission is or what you're looking for, what feels like fulfillment to you every day, Uh then how do you ever expect to get it? 
right? right. So my mission right now, um, this has been developed over the last three years that I've really been on what I refer to as a, a path to almost career enlightenment, uh-huh. right? Um, it was originally developed because I did have a chance to start personal training a couple years ago, and my first client lost 80 pounds in eight months. Wow. Which is just, nice. yeah, shocking. Absolutely life-changing, right? Mm-hmm. So how do I, for me, it really threw a wrench in my career because um, I was just chugging right along, working in industrial automation and and for a great company and had um, the, a cush position. Everything should have been there. And all of a sudden, I felt more fulfillment in the two hours I spent with this um client than I did for a job that I lobbied for for three years. I went to just trying to get into the company. I'd been there for three years at that point and then even had five years to get the degree in the first place. So that was a terrible feeling of being like, did I just waste all that time or why can't I be happy with what I have type of deal? But when it came down to it, it helped me realize that I really enjoy taking a very technical concept and breaking that down into layman's terms just so I can understand it. But the day where everything changed for me was when I realized that I could share that with other people and that was building capability in them. And you would see the light bulb go off behind their eyes, right? And I routinely got with engineering, oh, like I could never be an engineer because it's too much math or I'm not smart enough for that. Well, (laughs) that's not true. Um, It's just not. Like I get very frustrated at um, any type of knowledge barriers that people throw up throw up in their path thinking that they could never do a job like that. I mean, engineering at the end of the day is just about being resilient Mm -hmm. and understanding that a no isn't always a no. It could be a not right now or an I don't understand it or an I don't know type of thing. And nine times out of 10, when I fix stuff at work, it's because I power cycled it, right? So um, having this mission statement um, to really guide me through as I, as I, you know, jump through all these different careers it's going to be continue. It's going to continue to be developed, but um, I think it really does uh, also come from a combination of understanding what I love to do, what I'm good at, what I can get paid for, and what the world needs. Right, right. Very well stated. Very well stated. I mean, it, it, it's so important uh, that you have, like you like you stated, you know that that mission statement. I mean, uh, inevitably, what what you've kind of described is how you are rewriting, you know, your established metrics for your future career. It it is your it is your outlier for the things that you would consider that. As, as we were all taught, I mean, you know, even even well before our generation, you know, you have to go to school, you have to get a good job. And you, you typically people uh, would assume that you find fulfillment in in following that that charter or that path. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's so relatable. I you know I've done the school, I've done the engineering, I've done the, you know, the bachelors in business. And and honestly, you know, since this pandemic and this this goes out to my listening audience and I know I'm going to segue just a second here but you know I found it to be so therapeutic now that I am meeting people I'm understanding their backstory I'm, I'm seeing different perspectives of, of of how people have lived their lives and how they persevered and overcome and that whole aspect to me has just become fulfilling you know I, I get pumped when I'm ready to do a podcast with somebody that uh I've done a little bit of research or background on and, and, mm-hmm. and certainly, 
you know, as you can tell from the energy that we have on this call or this podcast, I mean, it, it's it's very therapeutic for me. And uh, and certainly, you know, it kind of leads me into my next question for you is, is basically how important is it for you to stay curious? I mean, is that a motivator? Is that a driver for you to to kind of help you continue to move yourself in a forward progression? I think it's everything to stay Mm -hmm. curious because Mm -hmm. I think staying curious is going to be the trait or the spark that helps carry you through those rough patches Mm -hmm. of when we can feel beaten down by a learning curve of a new industry or Mm -hmm. should I apply to that job when I don't have that one-to-one fit or how could I get there type of thing. Just having this weightless curiosity is what's going to take you through those rough patches because there's no risk. Like if you associate no risk with it, mm-hmm. then it feels a lot lighter. But it's the second that you're like, Oh, well, if I, I can't learn this then, or this is too intimidating, then I can't get that job. And then I can't have this role. And then I, you know, that crashes my vision for my life. And that's just a lot of weight to carry with you, but just staying curious keeps it lighter and more attainable. Right, right. Very well stated. Very well stated. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, Bailey, you know, this has been this has been awesome. I mean, I I've really enjoyed having you as a special guest. I love your energy. Like I said, you know, you've always been that person that, you know, in the back of my mind, you know, I've always wanted to kind of help and and and, you know, link you into people within my network and try to help you achieve your goals. I mean, you've got that just like I said earlier on, you've got that fierce mentality. And and I think that's commendable. It goes a very long ways. And so what I'd like to say here is, you know, could you provide our listeners, you know, kind of with a few takeaways or recommendations, you know, what would be like, say your top three or five things that, that you've learned that, you know, you'd like to share with someone else that may be listening out there. That one person could potentially be in the same shoes that you are Mm -hmm. at this moment in time. And they're looking for you know, any little inkling of information that can help them persevere, you know, on to the next day. And, uh, you know, you've talked about a lot of things, but what would be your, you know, your top three or maybe top five points that you'd like to leave with our audience? Yeah. I mean, I, I love a good little nugget that might be able to help someone. And you, you set it up really well, Greg, with your, <laughs> um, your willingness just to help advocate for me, right? Um, having connected over a social media platform for business in the first place and not having that face-to-face um, interaction to even kick off a new networking relationship, right? I mean, that speaks to my first point of call who's in your natural network. Um, Once someone does understand your mission and that someone um, is willing to advocate for you, don't be afraid to ask them. And I'm talking about whether it's a friend that maybe you don't even know is still at that company that you're kind of interested in, all the way back to your college guidance counselors. Um, They still have metrics to meet, whether you're a recent grad or um, well off into your career. If you still have a relationship with them and you are starting to job search again and doesn't even have to be in the city that you went to school in, give them a call and see if they have resources that can point you in the right direction or um, contacts at a company because you never know who other, what other alumni have landed um, in similar cities as you. We just don't keep in, keep track of all that stuff. So that would be my first one is, you know, let your nat- natural network know 
that you are in the market for a change or wanting something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if you are feeling like you're not certain about the career path you're on or the company that you're with. There was one summer that I spent interviewing 30 different people at my company and they seemed to be seven to 10 years ahead of me. That was my, essentially my career projection, right? In the, in the meantime. And I just asked them, you know, what's the good, the bad, the ugly of your role. These were roles within engineering, outside of engineering. And ultimately I just didn't see their fulfillment shine through in the way that I was looking for. And I Mm -hmm. spent a significant amount of time convincing myself that it was okay to leave that cush position at that great company type Mm -hmm. of deal. So don't be afraid to interview people already that you already work with because they're be super willing to sit down with you in the first place or bonus. If you do find something that sparks your attention, they might be willing to advocate for you so that they, you can get into that position faster. And then I would say, um, don't psych yourself out of a role. I think there's some really ugly statistics out there that men will apply for roles that they're not qualified for. Um, whatever the number is more than women will, right? If you think that you can do the job, then go throw your hat in the ring. You have nothing to lose with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing that I would say is it's okay to take a break, but it's not okay to quit. You're going to feel like you get beat down at some point. So give yourself time to recycle on your mental health level and then get back into it. Awesome. 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 I mean, wow, man, th- this is, this has been, this has been powerful. I mean, the only other couple points that I want to uh, kind of reiterate to our audience, you know, which, which they're all components of things that, you know, I value and admire in you is the fact of your integrity as, as, as a person, you know, education. And then, you know, most importantly, I think the one thing that I do uh, uh, admire the most about either Bailey is the progress because your progress is never stagnant. It's never complacent. It is always about how do I go forward? You know, how do I, how do I figure out how to move the needle? You know, even if it's by an inch or even if it's by a mile, which I think that relates back to a lot of your, your, your fierceness that, that you have, you know, and, and some of the other things that you talked about, you know, that, that you mentioned, you know, is start, with what you know, you know, own your career, you know, how do you win on your resume, win on your cover letter? You know, I mean, it, it, it just, the list just goes on and on. And I'll just have to tell my listeners to anybody, anybody that's, that's listening to this podcast and that's, and that's taking in any advice that, that we have just shared here over the past 30 minutes, you know, heed some of the recommendations because if you're stuck in a rut you know hey we all are we we all experience that but you know as bailey said don't don't let it beat you down don't let it pull your mental health find a routine you know be creative think about the little touches you know think outside of the box you know that's that's probably the best way uh to 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 kind of elaborate on that and uh with all of that you know i'd like to basically thank our special guest bailey Bailey, it's been an honor. You know, I'm truly blessed, you know, to have one met you as a friend, 
uh, on LinkedIn, two, for our relationship to be where it is after so many months of kind of back and forth, losing communication, reconnecting and getting back together. But, you know, it, it's even going to be more promising when we meet each other in person and uh, continue to flourish uh, as, as as colleagues and as, as professional uh, networkies and, uh, and be able to move forward, you know, in a very prosperous manner. And so... Uh, I'd like to basically thank everybody. We're going to wrap up episode 11, Unconventional Path. Bailey, we'd like to say goodbye to you. Thank you again. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate your time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay, to everybody, this is Greg Proctor, Cut to the Chase, and uh, bye-bye. Have a good day.